Ball, episode number 50 of Movies in 4K. What a monumental place here on our show. I am Bill Shetty. I'm Lady Phantom. And this is a bonus episode, Phantom. Yes, one of my favorite, if not my favorite, superhero movie ever. Wow, I know she was excited when this request came in by Sean Taylor from Indiana, who stated that Batman, the original, which we reviewed, he was kind of surprised (laughs) (laughs) at where we came in at, but realized that it's just not a high quality disc. So he made another recommendation to cover The Dark Knight, and he stated that the Blu-ray, the HD Blu-ray, was one of his go-to demo-worthy discs at the time on HD TVs, and he wanted to know our thoughts on the 4K version. So we're going to get into that right now. movie came out in 2008 it is pg-13 which is a little surprising to me runs for two hours and 32 minutes it's listed in four genres lady phantom action crime drama and thriller i agree we're not gonna add fantasy are we no these movies are fantastical to me but anyway i agree no they are fantastic it's different okay (laughs) who directed this bad boy christopher nolan the Inception guy. Yeah. I've come to watch a lot of this guy's movies, so I know his flair on movie making now. This is the fourth one I've seen. And who stars in this film? Christian Bale, Heath Ledger, Gary Oldman, Aaron Eckhart, Morgan Freeman, Michael Caine. <laughs> and she's doing <laughs> this on Dillon the top Hall. of her head. Yeah. She's not even looking this up. So, Phantom. I just want to touch on first that I felt this movie is rated R. While they don't show a lot of killing and stuff, they do denote it and things like that. And the thematic element is pretty strong. So, would you let your 13-year-old watch this? Yeah. Would you? (laughs) I don't know. I just got the feel to that. Like, I feel there was some connection with the MPAA and... Yes, there's no cursing, but there's a lot of brutality, maybe shown off screen. But what the premise is of this guy, I think, is very strong for a young teen. It is, but then again, you know the MPAA. like They are way more lenient with violence than with sex in movies. So like, it really doesn't surprise me. All right. What's that synopsis say? When the menace known as the Joker wreaks havoc and chaos on the people of Gotham, Batman must accept one of the greatest psychological and physical tests of his ability to fight injustice. That's excellent. Yes. One of the better descriptions for a sentence. Yeah, I mean, we all know the good IMDb, like... 
they either spoil the movie or say nothing about the movie. And a few times they do get it right, like right now. Yes. Now, surprising to some listeners out there, I had never seen this movie. And this is classified as one of the best Batman iterations, at least if not one of the better superhero movies. Well, there's discussion on that, but yeah. In the DC universe, can we say? Oh, in the DC universe, it's considered the very best. Now, I've heard a lot of the little lines in this through the years and some of the major, like, go for it from the Rocky that stuck. This has a couple of them lines that people yeah. repeat in a lot of different scenarios. Yeah, it's just... I mean, it is quotable. It is a quotable movie, and some of this dialogue is written so well. All right, we'll get into that. Let's get to the story. It opens up with a bank robbery with a bunch of clowns, about eight of them. <laughs> yeah. And you come to find out that the Joker is one of them. Now, there is a scenario that plays along here where some of the criminals are getting killed. I don't want to go into that if. You're like me and had never seen this movie. It could be a touch spoilery. So that was interesting. After this scene, we go right to an imitation Batman scene. Somebody's portraying to be him, and the real Batman shows up with some thugs. Yeah, and it's funny because these people, like they start, I remember when I watched this movie, and like when the first one, starts shooting i'm like what plus he looked like stocky you know not chubby necessarily but but bigger and i was like what and then you get the the information that they are actually cop not copycats but people trying to quote unquote help and it does make sense so yeah it's your introduction to batman here it's a nice little twist i guess if you didn't see it coming Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I didn't see it coming. Yeah, you <laughs> I'm were like, like, "Why is what? Batman using Batman a gun?" Uses guns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we have that. Then after these two scenes here, and they're fairly long scenes, I would say the first section's like ten to fifteen minutes, and then this section's like ten minutes. So then we start getting into the plot after this and meeting all the side characters. Let's put it. And how I want to roll with this review, Lady Phantom, is you take one of the side plots and I'll take one of the side plots. We'll just shoot it off our head. And I'll start. We come to find the um, district attorney. He is rounding up all the criminals and he is doing a better job at putting the mob element and the lower faction the ones doing crime behind bars he's a doing a great job he's new and he's highly respected Mm -hmm. we have a whole story arc with him and we're not going to touch every single thing just what comes out to us while watching the movie what we think is important as a viewer going into this And he has a big role in this, and that's played by Aaron Eckhart, which I knew from I, Frankenstein, an old horror movie, and also Incarnate, which we reviewed five years back. He's got a love interest there, too. 
and he's praised by the cops and the stuff because he is taking the criminal element off the streets. He's going after them big time, and he's not standing down even though he's getting death threats and all sorts of things. Yeah, he is praised, but also he is not very well-liked by some cops because this guy is incorruptible. Right. And he's going after whomever proves to be corrupted. And if that's cops or something, then oh well. And I want to make mention here because I've asked the Phantom this just on a side topic talk during our years is this city, Gotham City. It's a made-up city. And in this movie, they finally mention there's 30 million people in this, and this comes two hours into the movie. But I'm like, wow, we don't even have a city in the United States that has 30 million people. New York's the most at like 12. And I was like, "Mm, I don't know. It kind of ticked me off a little bit. But anyway, you take a side character. Alfred, who basically takes care of Bruce Wayne and he helps Batman in his endeavors. You have Lucius Fox, played by Morgan Freeman, who is in charge of the company and of the gadgets, the suit, the this, the that. Which I thought wasn't explained well at all. Now, the Phantom said the movie before this goes into that more. Yeah, but I haven't seen it. But the Morgan Freeman character came out of the blue to me. I'm like, who is this guy? Like, he's behind something. And there's some parts in here that's discussed with gadgets, like the one thing he's got on his arm that shoots blades and stuff. Mm -hmm. And then there's more of the money behind the Batman and what he is doing with his money and investing and stuff that has to deal with Fox character. Yeah, because he is in charge of Wayne Enterprises. And I guess we got to go back to the roots because this movie does say it that the Batman's a very wealthy guy. Yeah. He's got all the money in the world and he gets the latest technology and he does have ins in certain businesses. True. Because some of this technology that's portrayed in this film, I think, jumps the shark at times, but other people are gonna love it which we know (laughs) i mean this movie has a rating of nine on imdb by users and even metacritic is 84 which has to be one of the highest rated superhero movies by mainstream critics i think so probably even more than like avengers endgame i'll bet probably yes Okay, Lady Phantom. So let's get into the Batman versus Joker battle. There's a scenario here where the Joker goes into the underbelly, the rulers, the crime element. He walks in on them, and he wants to take over this town. He wants to create chaos, basically. He's got all the money that he would ever want. I mean, there's even a scene in here. I don't know how much money could have been involved in this. Trillions of dollars, basically. They show this huge warehouse just stacked full of money. And he wants to find out who the Batman is. There's a side, not side story, but there's a story that goes along with that. And 
what do you want to say about the psychology of the Joker? Like, because we have no backstory here. He just appears in this movie. Yes. So all we know is he wants to rule Gotham. No. He, he wants to create anarchy. Yes. That's what it's what you said before. He just wants chaos. I think the best explanation that we can get on the Joker in this movie is what Alfred explains to Bruce Wayne about the one thief when he was in Burma that he just stole the rubies and everything, and then he saw children playing with them. He just said, some men just want to see the world burn, and this is one of them. He okay, just wants chaos. Okay, so did he just wake up in his 30s or 40s, however old he's supposed to be, and just wanted to start making chaos? <laughs> probably not. He probably began way before that, but that doesn't matter. I mean, for the purposes of the movie... That doesn't matter at all. That was done on purpose. They, they wanted to introduce him as an absolute. Like, he is this. He is what he shows he is, and that's it. You're not required to know anything about him or to feel sympathy for him or anything, because even when he asks people, like, do you know how I got these scars? He gives different stories, so he's, you know that he's not telling the truth in either of them. He's just what he is, and that's okay. Okay, since most people, I would say, know the backstory of the Batman, right? I mean, and it was given in Batman Begins, yes. But I'm saying in the life of Batman since the TV shows and the Jack Nicholson version and all the iterations in the comics and everything... Most people know the basic story that Batman is a wealthy crime-fighting guy. He's got no superhero powers. And the Joker is one of his main enemies throughout many different stories and iterations. Right. So I found it a little off that I didn't learn more that this guy just shows up. Just as a movie. Just watching a movie. All right, so what else would you like to talk about in this story? There's a main theme here with the district attorney and Batman and the Joker, and there's revelations. I don't know how much we should dive into that, Phantom, but what would you like to talk about story-wise that can really get people into it, you know? I don't know. I just think it's a very interesting story because it's like the Joker. He has something. He says at some point in the movie that he is not a man with a plan, but he is a mastermind planner. I mean, he, after Batman does something to prevent him from succeeding one time, he immediately comes up with something else and everything. And there's also this sad little side story about this guy who is an employee of Batman and he wants, well, of Bruce Wayne, and uh, he wants him to show himself to the world or something, or he wants to blackmail him because he knows who Bruce Wayne is, really. But that comes to nothing because even the Joker takes that and makes it into a test for Batman. And I think... Mainly what the Joker wants is to make 
Batman break his one rule, which is he doesn't kill. And he does everything in his power. I mean, he is even willing to put himself in harm's way just to prove that Batman can be taken to that low level. But he can't because Batman doesn't do that. Yes, and that's a main story here too, Phantom, is that he's basically going after the Batman and the district attorney, the two that have the most influence at stopping all this crime in the city. They are just causing anarchy. I'll tell you, I was surprised with how much Gary Oldman is in this movie. He is the Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, and he began by being Lieutenant Gordon, but in this movie, he becomes the commissioner. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of cop angles in this, and he's like, I don't want to use the word shady, but he's like working with Batman at times, but then he's a little bit against him too because there's a rise up of people calling Batman a vigilante and want him taken down too, the townsfolk at times. Mm -hmm. So that comes into play and he's conflicted there and then his family comes into it. So we have that there. But I I disagree. I mean, he never really works against the Batman at any point. No, they're helping each other. Yeah. But that time in the movie when uh, they're going after people and they're deciding about the Joker and Batman, there's a lot of the citizens in this city saying, well, Batman's just as bad. You know, he's a vigilante. He's committing crimes. And there comes a turning point in this when Batman doesn't stop several of the crimes and there is deaths. Mm-hmm. And that's when the townspeople are like, look, See, this guy isn't all good. He can't stop everything because it's just utter chaos. Yeah, but that's very conflicting because at that point, the idea is that the Joker made a a statement. He said, for every day Batman doesn't show his real identity, people will die. So there's the people that say, no, he has to show himself. But then there are those who say, you cannot give in to a terrorist. So it's a very conflicting situation right there. Someone else in this is Eric Roberts. What happened to this guy? Oh, that's right. <laughs> I think this is one of the last, if maybe not the last, like before he went off the mainstream. Rails. <laughs> yeah, and he had been off. I mean, I don't remember the last time I saw him before that. And then he did this, and he had a prominent role ish. And uh, and then he just decided to do crappy movies. Well, he's just stuck in low-budget horror movies now for the last yeah. decade. And it's surprising because he was a very well-known, respected actor. I know, and I like him. And even before in the 90s. Yeah, I like him. and But now he is more probably known as the father of Emma Roberts. So. <laughs> right. All right, so we have a bunch of action-oriented scenes. Yes. Another little criticism I have is the Batmobile. Why? I don't think it's that cool-looking at all. I think it's definitely a downgrade of other movies, personally. It looks like a little tank with big, wide tires made to go off-road to me is what it reminded me of. I see your point, but I think... Of course, I may be biased, but I think it's what it needs to be, to be like really useful 
to Batman and to the things that he does. So I have no problem with it, and I think it looks cool. So right when you seen it the very first time back in the day, you were like, ooh, that's cool, over the other Batmobiles that have been depicted and shown in movies? Because those were so unique and outlandish and really cool, sleek, and like, they just look cool. They were very obvious. This thing looks like a miniaturized tank with big wide tires well like, yeah but cool doesn't get you onto a building so that's that this no. is utilitary and one thing that this they really focus on on this movie and on this trilogy in general with batman is one of his most important things and that's the gadgetry i mean yes the guy has a lot of money of course but that's not all he is a great detective which they also show in this movie and also, he has the coolest utilitary things that help him get the job done. And the Batmobile is one of those things. So I have no problem with that. I mean, he would not be able to get into that super long car and go onto a building to save the day as quickly. Like, he just couldn't. I understand what you're saying, but... The Batmobile was almost a character in the TV show and other movies that I remember. Like they showed inside the vehicle and all the buttons and this button shoots torpedoes and this button does that and stuff like that. So it didn't feel like a character. It just felt like a SUV. <laughs> now it does turn into a motorcycle. That Which was is cool. one of the coolest things. That was neat. I agree. I like that. And I like that action scene when it does do that. And then <laughs> there's a lot of great editing work when it's going up against the building and flipping and things like that. It was done really well. Oh, I yeah. liked scenes like that. It was that. so good. Okay. How about the acting on a whole film? Oh, it was good. I liked it. I bought all of it. And... I don't know. I, I think this might be Michael Caine's best role to me. Like subdued, but with just the right amount of humor, but not too much. And He's caring at the same time. He's usually plays an eccentric type guy. Yeah. Uh-huh. But not here. He's very, very measured. And I don't know. He's like really a nice guy which is the base of Alfred. I mean, you have to love Alfred, no matter if it's the TV show Gotham or in the series or in any of the movies. He is a father figure because, I mean, he raised Bruce Wayne and and you have to feel that and you do feel that here. Okay, Christian Bale might come as a shock to people out there. Just remember, I haven't seen all the Batmans. I don't follow them. I don't know backstories and stuff like that. But to me, over the TV show and the other movies with Batman in, including some of the newer Ben Affleck movies, which I have seen, Christian Bale is the best Batman I've seen, personally. I agree. You do? Yeah. I had asked you last night and you were pondering it. Yeah, but... No, I agree. I mean, I I thought, as I told you, Ben Affleck plays a very good Batman, but he is, as in the movies where he where he appears, he is a later 
iteration of Batman when he is older. Now, I will say I haven't seen the Val Kilmer one or the George Clooney one. Now, I'm a huge George Clooney fan. So once I get around to see that one, this could be amended. But to date, Bale is the best to me because he wasn't kitschy at all. Like Michael Keaton, he just had this air while not comedic, but he was flat in my opinion. And going back to the TV show, that's a whole different style. And feel. And feel. And this guy is definitely more serious. This is definitely way more serious than any other Batman I felt. Like this is more set in realism. Yes. Basically, with a lot of emotions tied to this. And I'm not a Christian Bale fan at all. I am. But he did a great job playing Batman. Oh, I think Christian Bale is a fantastic actor. Actually, I think it was right before this, if I'm not mistaken, that he uh, acted on The Machinist, where he had to lose weight like crazy. And then... He got on the, I mean, he started working out and eating, actually, to get in shape for this. Although he didn't bulk up as much as for Batman Begins because of the change in the uniform, which also we see this, like he asks for a new suit to be more agile. And I have to say that I just loved that that little line in the movie when he asks Lucius Fox for a new suit because he had been attacked by dogs and he wanted it to to be able to, like, keep them away. And Lucius Fox asked him, like, you want to be able to turn your head? And I just laughed out loud because that was a theme with Batman before this movie. And especially in the original movies because the Batman suit just wouldn't let the actor turn his head to any like he also always had to turn the whole torso so i thought it was really funny but the point is that he didn't have to bulk up so much but i mean christian bale is a great actor and he is one of those that you would never imagine in a million years that he's british like his accent is flawless absolutely and yeah i mean and talking about those movies that you mentioned val kilmer too i mean he did fine whatever George Clooney, unfortunately, to my taste, he has been the worst because it was the most comedic Batman. And in that movie, like, oh, my God, the the lines that he says sometimes are so cringeworthy. And he has publicly apologized for that movie. So Yeah, well, he didn't write the dialogue. No, but he said it. (laughs) All right. Well, I can't comment on that. Let's move into some more here. Let's get this rolling. I want to talk about. One of the characters gets tainted, if you've seen the movie, you know, and changes from good to bad, and he becomes this two-faced character, mm-hmm. and I want to talk about how good did you think this effect was of the normal face and then with a skeletal face? I thought it was good. From the very beginning, I have thought it was great, and I still keep it to this time. Now... I so know. he felt totally real. There was nothing that looked off to you that no. looked digital or anything. Well, I mean, of course, that had to be done digi- digitally since he had been burned. So, like, flesh had burned out. Like, they were going to do with prosthetics, but 
prosthetics add to the face. They cannot take from the face. So that's why they did it digitally. And I think it's done very well. I really do. Okay. Well, that's what I wanted. Do you? To do. I'm mixed. I haven't made up my mind because that character becomes a main plot point for the last 40-odd minutes. And they show his face a lot. Yeah. So you get to focus on many times. They do a lot of close-ups. And yes, it was definitely done outstanding. <laughs> his one eye bothered me because he doesn't have a, you know, an eyelid. Uh-huh. You know, it's kind of bizarre looking at somebody when their other eyelids going and then you got this skeletal look and then you see his teeth because part of his lip is gone and there's no movement there and it kind of looked a little weird i would say a little fake but it was outstanding because he's in it so much it's not like just one brief scene they went to yeah and i think so it's outstanding yeah. a lot of appeal on that I would have personally liked prosthetics. Like you said, he's burned. It's got to show the charring and stuff. The odd thing about this is he wouldn't have been out of the hospital in a day or two when you have something like this happen. Well, remember, they were going to blow up the hospital, so it was not a matter of yes, choice. Yes, but he wouldn't be running around doing things. Well, he already stated that he didn't care about the pain. He wanted to feel the pain. I know, so. Phantom. I'm and just saying... Is- crying revenge so it does take a little bit of the realism out that somebody you know is completely burnt and they're out running around the next day i'm just making that statement as a movie as a story as how quick he gets better so i think we covered enough what do you think well, I mean, I could talk about this movie for hours and hours, but well, for, the, for the purpose of the podcast. Well, if you more main points that you want to get out, Sam. No, I mean, no, because if I start, I don't finish. And for the purposes of the podcast, we need to move on. All right. So what's your rating and recommendation? This movie is a 10 to me, and it has always been and it will always be. It's my favorite definite favorite dc movie uh i really cannot compare or say that it's better or worse than than the marvel movies because it's just such a different different thing i thought it was done great the acting especially by heath ledger was something out of this world and it was so well whoever remembers that time i know (laughs) yeah but now i am like, everybody who remembers that time knows that they were crying. Like, all, all the fans were like, what do you mean that guy from Brokeback Mountain is go- or, or the first night movie is going to do this? He's terrible. And then he showed up. And then he shut everyone up. He won 32 awards for this movie. He only got nominated for two and didn't win them. He was outstanding because i mean the the joker he created even his speech everything was incredible and it was just so devastating that this was his last finished movie like because he oh my god like he he would have become an incredible actor actually he which he was already he proved it here and uh it's just such a round movie and it moves me 
like so much. So to me, this is a 10 and a buy. Okay, with Heath Ledger, I agree. I'm glad I finally got to see this and I would have never watched it. So thank you, Sean Taylor, for this request. Because he listens to you, but not to me. There's no chance of listening. We said we cover every request. So it doesn't matter if it's a movie I think I'd like or not. And I'm enjoying that. I'm finding movies people are requesting. Good. And I like seeing them. And this is such a staple of a movie. I needed to see it. So just thank you again, Sean. He was great. The scene where he is in a nurse's uniform and comes out of the hospital and is being oh so maniacal was great like it was funny but dementing and he was really good and all the times he's with the mob people the commissioner batman his other counterparts the ones he hires which i don't know why anybody would work for this guy because he kills all the people helping him too but anyway he did a fantastic job oh and side point very quickly the the home movies that he sends the police and everything those were made and directed by himself all right now the one thing i didn't cover because <laughs> phantom brought it up with voices is the batman voice oh my god why do we gotta talk like that bothered me i'm taking a point off for this okay. I, it just is cringy to me not cringy i don't want to hear it it's just like why do they have to do these to these characters and make it sound deeper or higher pitched or whatever modulations of voices just because it's so much easier to listen to when it's just natural and it's just not natural to drop your voice down like that for the record that was done in post-production the original yeah, that, the original voice was For audio production the original voice that christian bale did was way more toned down than that but they made it more gritty and everything in post-production which yeah i mean it i think it's the one thing that many people have said throughout the years is like why did you have to talk like that <laughs> And there's some technology in here that goes along with the story that I just can't overlook. And it's mainly the part where he's tapped in everybody's cell phones and mics. And he's got this huge elaborate room that they can hear everything from 30 million people going on in this city. And it makes no sense. I mean, Morgan Freeman is sitting there trying to decipher this stuff. And it's like, you couldn't decipher any of that 30 million people talking at once. I will say there's a cool part when Batman gets blue neon eyes. That came as a fun little side thing to me because that, that was pretty cool. And it's when he's tapped in with Morgan Freeman. But I think Lady Phantom and maybe you out there might be surprised I'm giving this movie an eight. Wow, I am. I think it's a really well-rounded that was a great word phantom action movie that has a lot of level of realism which i like and it's just some of the side stuff i didn't like i wasn't enthused with the political stuff and the cop angles and some of these gadgetries he's using and some of the flying stuff when he's fallen 
okay but some of it didn't make sense don't you don't get the comment that is not flying it's falling with style yes i know (laughs) so this is one of the best superhero films i've ever seen i personally like the original wonder woman better than this movie and i think personally which we are gonna probably be covering so i shouldn't say the movie i'm not gonna say the movie there is one other superhero movie, modern, that I like better, but I don't know if I'll have ratings better because the effects, the editing, the camera work, the cinematography, some of these scenes overlooking the city when it goes to this IMAX is, is incredible. But eight, I'm going to say rental, though. This is not a buy to me. I don't think I want to see this movie again. It's a well movie. I'm being totally honest. I got to give it such a high mark because of the technicals were great. The action scenes were great. The acting was great. The music, we're going to get a little bit more into that on the uh, 4K review. So let's get into that. Okay, Lady Phantom, this is a three-disc set, 4K blu-ray and then a special features let's start with the 4k video quality and touch on the changing aspect ratio from the regular film cameras to the imax that goes full screen what did you think uh, i was very pleasantly surprised because christopher nolan had tricked me before but this was surprisingly good and you have to or I have to mention that one thing I do respect a lot Christopher Nolan for is he is not a fan of CGI. So yeah, for example, we mentioned the makeup of Two-Face was done with CGI, but I would say probably more than 90% of everything we see, including all the fire scenes and everything, are actual practical effects, and it shows, Mm -hmm. and they look so great. And those scenes in IMAX, oh, like, they are so beautiful. Yeah, I think you didn't use a big enough word. You said we're so good. I mean, this was spectacular, I would say, for the most part. Uh, When it switches to IMAX, I'm sitting here watching, why isn't this whole film in it? Now, there is, I would say, two jarring scenes where the quality ain't up the snuff, then it goes to IMAX, and it's such a wide range. But for the most part, when it switches, it's not noticeable, mm-hmm. and the detail is almost as good as it is in IMAX, so it's not jarring or it don't take you back or you don't step back and go "Ooh, that got better that got worse but it did happen twice where it was pretty jarring there was one scene that was really snowy i'm so and it had to only be maybe three seconds and maybe 90 frames of footage film footage and i'm like why wasn't that cut out of that because it didn't make sense because most of the time it was good like excellent outstanding yeah and uh, yeah i I think i know and that it's towards the beginning of the movie somewhere in the first maybe quarter of the movie i think but then they don't do that again but yeah it was a little bit noticeable but the rest is like wow and in this in this movie 
the black levels are actually very good. And there's a lot of black. There's a lot of black. Yes, and there's but a not lot of contrast. the best that's been achieved on 4K. No, by no means the best, but there's a lot of it. And it's the, the contrast is really good. It's really good. The level of clarity and detail on this movie actually surprised me phantom because we're talking about 12 years old now and we've covered a lot of movies around this time and they did a great transfer on this disc now this came out several years ago so i would assume this was a showcase the year this came out like i'm sure Mm -hmm. it would have made people's top 10 lists of some of the better ones that came out the year this came out because it was gorgeous at times not without fault though uh-huh all the imax scenes were just incredible i mean you couldn't pick apart anything there it had plenty of light plenty of vibrancy plenty of hdr plenty of specular highlights yeah there's one scene now that now that you mentioned again the dark i remembered the the scene where they are questioning the Joker that begins with uh, with Jim Gordon and then it goes to Batman. That scene, like, oh my, I've seen it countless times. But to, this time, it surprised me. Did How it, it goes, feel like to you, you was watching it at yes. new? Okay. Yes, this felt very much like I was watching this movie for the first time. And that scene specifically, oh my God, like it goes from super dark because all the lights are off to then they turn on the lights and the Batman appears and bam. Oh, you're talking about in the jail uh, cell? Yeah, where they are interrogating the yeah, Joker. Yeah, that, that was oh, a really that was good scene. so, so good. Yes, Oh it my was. goodness. And I don't want to downplay the film angle when it goes to this wide angle screen and not IMAX. I mean, it looks great there, nine times out of ten yeah you know we're picking this apart and noticing things because that's what we do we're reviewers and critics of this and we want to give you the most accurate i don't want anybody to ever come back and say oh what are you talking about this was so grainy no we study these films yeah so we are trying to be the most accurate as possible and that's why it helps when there's two of us because Sometimes you do miss a little thing. Like she could have missed that little three second segment that I caught. And you yeah, have caught things at I, times yeah. that I didn't. When you said, ooh, there was a lot of grain in this scene. I said, nah, I wouldn't say a lot. But then when you think back, you got to put it in perspective. Yeah. And regarding the grain, like except for that scene where you are saying that, that it was kind of <laughs> very snowy. The rest of the movie, grain is absolutely non-existent. Right. And it's funny because Sean mentioned he replayed the opening scene, this huge action Uh, bank robbery scene. Well, Sean, this 4K is several steps above the Blu-ray. Oh, oh, yes. Yes, yes. Like all those scenes and all that sequence, all of it is on IMAX. And it looks incredible. All right, let's get to the negatives here, and that's the audio. Again, it's a Nolan film. He doesn't believe in Atmos for some reason. I don't know why. I know. And we have dialogue problem issues with Center Channel. Yeah, but the thing is that... Here it is, Phantom. I'll put it out. I've noticed this with every Nolan film so far. 
is when there's a lot of action music, a lot of bass, a lot of phonetic sounds going on and people are running and talking. It's very hard to discern because the music is so loud and chaotic. Yeah, they do turn out the music a lot and and it, it did overshadow the main dialogue to the point that it was a little hard in specifically with Gary Oldman for some reason. Yes. Because Heath Ledger's voice, no matter how much the chaos is there, like his voice is crystal clear. And I'll say I did not stop this. I would say I probably missed a good 10 to 15 lines in this i didn't stop it and rewind it a couple times i asked what did he say phantom and she didn't really know so there was some little bits i actually missed in this because the dialogue was just drowned out by this loud banging music of you know cars or buildings falling or whatever's happening in the scene it's just overpowering now, if you have a sound system, you can turn up your center and turn down. But I don't want to do that with every movie. It shouldn't be produced that bad. And I've noticed it specifically with every Nolan film I've covered. Yeah, and specifically, if you are watching on a television, that even if, if it has great or a sound, sound bar. with exactly, but not with the, the channels well distributed, then it becomes... The uh, as all mumbled when when people are talking in action. If you do have a sound system with the, like the the center channel and everything, it will be a lot easier to discern the dialogue. But, but you it are still supposed overrides all the music, Phantom. Yeah, and, but and it's still sound easier. Effects. Yes, but it's still easier it to discern. It should ever be a struggle to hear dialogue. You Absolutely. shouldn't ever have. Yeah, that. I mean that's my point. And like, that goes strictly to sound production and yeah. how Nolan's producing these. Absolutely, and that is my point. Like, if you have a sound system, it's easier to understand. But the problem is that you shouldn't have to have a sound system like you should be able to hear and distinguish every line of dialogue no matter what you are watching on or now, with some audio files enjoy doing this with movies it's very easy if you have a system to go up and turn up the center channel in the rears and the fronts you can make them all different but i mean this gets so monotonous and ridiculous that you shouldn't have to do it dialogue channel always this shouldn't even be a point in discussion in movies and it's been this way since hi-fi back in the day two channel has come into existence in homes is always this and they do it on regular tv with commercials they'll blare commercials and then it'll get soft and you got to constantly play with your tv on regular tv yeah. And this just shouldn't be an issue, and it still is. And Nolan just doesn't do the best sound production. Now, the effects and surround effects in this movie are great. Yes. If this movie had an Atmos track, yeah, there's so it many scenes in the amazing. air. Why you wouldn't use what's available? There's so many standing on tall buildings and things coming down and floating down and flying down and hitting down. This movie is 
made for Atmos. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So that's a negative. All right. What do we got for special features on that? We have the Blu-ray movie with focus points. Gotham Uncovered, creation of a scene. Then we have the special features, Batman Tech, Batman Unmasked, The Psychology of the Dark Knight, Gotham Tonight, and The Galleries. All right, Lady Phantom. Sean wants to know, listeners want to know, is this worth the upgrade? And what is your final rating? Sean, thank you so much. Because (laughs) thanks to you, I now own The Dark Knight in 4K. We had it on Blu-ray, though. Yes. And I'm sure Phantom had it on DVD, too, at one time. Yeah. This, to me, is an A-. I can't go any higher because of the dialogue issue and that other little scene where it was super, not super, but it was grainy. But I think this deserves the demo-worthy quality, and it is absolutely worthy of the upgrade, and I, I wouldn't think twice, Sean. Okay, we are so close, Phantom, but I'm so glad you came in. We never discuss ratings or grades at all beforehand right i'm so glad she came with an a minus because personally for me this is a b plus so our final rating is going to be b plus plus it's one smidge below demo worthy there's just the sound issue takes it down quite a bit and some of the jarring scenes i would say in the film that make it really noticeable that it's switching like there was one scene phantom when there was just a table full of people and it's in the wide aspect ratio and then something happens they cut to a batman scene or something and it goes to the imax and that scene that scene specifically of them at the table wasn't up the snuff as clear and as bright and as vibrant it needed to be to do a nice smooth transition Mm -hmm. and i picked that out two to three times now this happens a lot during this movie i mean probably 15 20 times or more it switches back and forth but when it's jarring to me it's very noticeable and it was a noticeable downtick in resolution so i personally can't hit demo worthy it's one tick it's itsy bitsy below the demo to me and since she's in demo category a minus and i just missed it it gets that b plus plus rating which both of us together is just the smallest inkling below the best of the best yes so there you have that So that was very interesting. And I just want to say thank you again out there. I know everybody that I even know loves this movie. Yeah. I've never heard anybody really come low. Now, I read some reviews on IMDb and Letterboxd of some big criticisms, and that's up to them. So this ain't like everybody thinks this is the greatest movie yeah but then I, I don't think there is absolutely any movie ever right that, but as yeah. a consensus yeah i wouldn't surprise be you know in one of the top 100 films ever made 
you know yeah. I, I could see the stature of this movie to get yeah that. and as a fun fact the year that this was nominated for an oscar i think this was the first time that there were 10 nominees because this one and wally were not in the five nominees so they made it 10 so they would be included All right, that wraps up another bonus show, Lady Phantom number 50. Thank you, Sean Taylor. Remember, if you have any 4K movie that's been released on disc and you want us to cover it, you need to get to that guest book at BillShetty.com and let us know because we will add it to the queue. We have tons more coming out. And it's exciting doing the bonuses, you know? Yeah. Somebody's really interested to know how good it is. So we really enjoy doing them, even if we don't love the movies. Don't ever worry about what type of movie it is. You know, I have very strong opinions on what I like and don't like. So you just let us know. So for Lady Phantom, I am Bill Shetty. We're getting out of here. <laughs> <laughs>